For 50 years, the Haunted Mansion has spookily delighted the millions of Disneyland guests who have entered its foyer. Standing proudly on the banks of the Rivers of America, the Southern Plantation Manor offers a visually pleasing exterior, complete with manicured gardens and a graveyard concealed to its side. Of course, what's on the outside isn't always what's on the inside, as guests quickly discover. Over the years, the Haunted Mansion has developed its very own cult following. It inspired a 2003 film of the same name, as well as an ongoing series of merchandise dating back to 1969, when the story and song from the Haunted Mansion was released as a book and record set to commemorate the opening of the attraction. But the Haunted Mansion has become so much more than movies, handbags, or Vinylmation figures. It has stood the test of time in its original form with only minor alterations over its five-decade history. It has inspired its most ardent fans to create their very own detailed Haunted Mansion haunts in their homes at Halloween. The mansion has planted itself in pop culture, for even those who have never visited Disneyland are aware of its existence. Not to mention its numerous iterations in Disney parks around the world. But just what is the story of the Haunted Mansion? Pose this question to multiple Disneyland fans and you are bound to get multiple answers. And just what is it about the attraction that has kept it so intriguing after all these years? We'll explore these questions in this episode of Discovery Land. Howdy, folks. Your attention, please. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, to all who come to this happy place, welcome. Hello, and welcome to Discovery Land. My name is Victoria and I will be your guide on this adventure through yesterday, tomorrow, and fantasy. To better understand the Haunted Mansion, we must go back to the beginning of Disneyland, when Disney associate Martin Davis was developing the master plan for the park. Along Main Street, Davis envisioned an old house on the hill. Ultimately, this idea was scrapped, but the thought of a haunted house at Disneyland stuck with Walt Disney. Not long after the park's opening, he tasked his conceptual artist, Harper Goff, as well as Imagineer Ken Anderson, with envisioning a walkthrough attraction that was referred to as the Ghost House. Walt, a fan of New Orleans, had decided to open up an expansion to Disneyland called New Orleans Square. It would be situated where Holidayland was standing at the time. The Ghost House would reside here. The Haunted Mansion's exterior design went through several iterations by Goff, Anderson, and Disney artist Sam McKim. Anderson, inspired by the Shipley Lydecker House in Baltimore, created a large plantation-style home in the bayou set in the antebellum era. It was this design, selected out of many, that ultimately became Disneyland's Haunted Mansion. Perhaps the biggest difference from Anderson's concept and the final product was the immaculate nature of the house's exterior. Walt did not want a rundown looking structure in his park. Like the rest of Disneyland, he insisted it be pristine. 
We'll take care of the outside. And let the ghosts take care of the inside, he said. As for that haunted interior, numerous concepts and ideas were thrown about in order to figure out a story and theme for the attraction. Disney Imagineering greats Mark Davis, Claude Coates, Raleigh Crump, Yale Gracie, Exitensio, and Leota Toombs all had hands in the development and story of the attraction. Originally, the entrance of the Haunted Mansion was going to contain the Museum of the Weird, which would have featured oddities fleshed out by Crump and Gracie in concept art. It included a seance chamber, a ghostly organist, and portraits and busts that had eyes that would follow you as you moved. There was a chair that stood up to talk to guests, a melting candleman, and voodoo artifacts. The Museum of the Weird was eventually scrapped, though some elements of Crump and Gracie's concepts ended up in the final version of the ride. At one point in the development, Ken Anderson conceived his vision of the attraction as Bloodmere Manor, named for a character called Bloodmere that he created for the attraction. Bloodmere was a sea captain who had recently taken a bride, and some unexplained tragedy had befallen one or both of them. At Disneyland, the only features of this backstory to end up in the attraction were the ship-shaped weather vane atop the mansion and the ghost bride in the attic. Early concept art by Mark Davis conveys a story that may have been tied into Pirates of the Caribbean. Davis designed ghost pirates, as well as a depiction of the sea captain's ghost, underlining some adherence to Anderson's story. As progress was made on fleshing out the details, the attraction went from being a walkthrough to a ride-through, utilizing the same ride system created for Adventure Through Inner Space in 1967. The Omnimover, a high-capacity conveyor system of individual ride vehicles, or doom buggies, as they are called in the Haunted Mansion, was the perfect way to move guests through the ride. Serpents and spiders, tail of a rat, Call in the spirits wherever they're at. Rap on a table. It's time to respond. Send us a message from somewhere beyond. Originally, the Haunted Mansion had been advertised as far back as 1961 with the planned opening for 1963. However, with Walt Disney being busy preparing attractions for the 1964 New York World's Fair, the Haunted Mansion got placed on the back burner. In fact, on his World of Color television program, Walt once said that the delay was because they were out collecting ghosts. Despite the wait, the actual exterior of the mansion was constructed, which sat on the banks of the Mississippi River portion of the Rivers of America for several years, gated off from guests. Finally, when the Imagineers were able to turn their attention back to Disneyland, they ushered in a golden age for the park. The 1960s saw the introduction of the Enchanted Tiki Room. The World's Fair attractions were also introduced into the park. They included It's a Small World, Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln, and the Carousel of Progress. 1967 welcomed a new Tomorrowland, complete with adventure through inner space, mission to Mars, the people mover, and the rocket jets. That same year, 
Pirates of the Caribbean opened. And behind the scenes, the Haunted Mansion continued their development, with the details of the attraction continuing to change and evolve. Imagineer Claude Coates, whose ingenuity we covered in our Rainbow Caverns episode earlier this season, wanted the Haunted Mansion to be scary. However, Mark Davis, who was working with Coates on fleshing out the ride, favored a more comically spooky approach. Ultimately, the final version became an amalgamation of both visions. And as development furthered along, the Imagineers strayed further from that original vision of the sea captain and the bride. Finally, on August 9, 1969, the Haunted Mansion opened to the public. It was an instant smash with guests, with a slightly different version of the attraction being fast-tracked to open with the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World. Of course, the infamous Hatbox Ghost, one of the biggest pieces of Haunted Mansion lore, was promptly removed following the ride's opening due to the effect of the figure's head transferring from its body to its hatbox not meeting expectations. As we covered in our Hatbox Ghost episode in Season 1, this elusive specter would eventually return to his rightful place in the attraction in 2015. While the success of the Haunted Mansion at its opening is undeniable, it did not contain a clear-cut backstory. The premise, of course, is that you enter an old mansion that has somehow accumulated 999 happy haunts. Aboard your doom buggy, you experience a series of ghostly adventures through corridors, a seance room, a ballroom, an attic, and a graveyard. There is no obvious plot or story connecting any of the scenes. For the past 50 years, this has essentially remained the case, as the Haunted Mansion has received very few significant changes. The biggest changes have involved its attic scene. Originally, guests rode through the dark attic which featured pop-up ghosts, the bride, and the hatbox ghost. When the hatbox ghost was evicted, the bride took his spot. Sullen and spooky, the bride's heartbeat could be seen and heard as guests passed by her. She held a candle in one hand and a bouquet of roses in the other. The bride animatronic experienced changes over the years and eventually was completely redone with the rest of the attic in 2006. Instead of a silent, mysterious-looking ghost bride, she was replaced to the left side of the track as a digital projection on a mannequin. The new bride's name was Constance, and the lead-up to her appearance featured photographs of her next to several of her husbands. Each husband had a disappearing head. When Constance is finally revealed, she is holding an axe, suggesting that she has murdered all of her husbands. Constance was voiced by Kat Cressida, whose father worked in public relations at Disneyland and had access to the Imagineers developing the Haunted Mansion in the 1960s. In 2006, following the reworked attic scene, Cressida collaborated with the fan website DoomBuggies.com to tell the backstory of the Haunted Mansion as she recalled hearing it from her father. The story was called Nuptial Doom, 
The Bride in the Attic, and told in the form of a narrative. It featured the sea captain, a nobleman, the nobleman's beautiful daughter, and it was set amongst the city of New Orleans after the War of 1812. In the story, a mysterious sea captain, rumored to be a pirate, approaches a nobleman. He appears at the nobleman's house and meets his daughter, who is rumored to be of mixed race, possibly born to one of the nobleman's servants. The captain is captivated with the daughter, and the pair come to fall in love. However, the nobleman is reluctant to support the relationship because he does not feel the captain is suitable for his daughter, who, as it turns out, is already promised to another. As the story progresses, the captain proves that he too is wealthy, and he promises to build a beautiful mansion, to be known as Gracie Manor, for his bride. The bride's father accepts this agreement, and the captain fulfills his end of the bargain. However, the captain must return to sea. He asks his bride to light a candle from the mansion's attic to help guide his return, to which she of course agrees to do. While being fitted in her wedding dress one day, her father changes his mind about the marriage, and he tells his daughter that the captain has died at sea. Devastated, the bride leaves home in her wedding dress and goes to the mansion. She enters the attic and lights a candle to fulfill her promise. She seemingly dies of a broken heart, and her spirit is forever entombed in the attic. When the sea captain returns to find that his bride has died, he too is heartbroken, and he hangs himself inside the mansion. Cat Cressida's account of the story of the haunted mansion provides a fitting backstory to the attraction. It is in line with the early concepts that incorporated the characters of the sea captain and the bride. It also fits with the previous version of the attic before the refurbishment in 2006. Of course, there's also the hanging skeleton in the stretching room, which may have originally been intended as the captain. Then there's the reference to the house as Gracie Manor, which of course is the namesake of Master Gracie, the suggested former owner of the home whose name appears on a gravestone outside the mansion. The name Gracie was also intended as an homage to Yale Gracie, the Imagineer who worked on the attraction. While we may never know the exact story of the haunted mansion, Cressida's retelling of her father's account is satisfying and helps explain certain elements of the attraction. To hear the full story, visit doombuggies.com and download the story for 99 cents. It's more than worth the money. I think one of the things that has made the Haunted Mansion into what it has become is the fact that it does not spell out a specific narrative. Instead, it presents visitors with a set of immersive experiences and then leaves it up to them to tie the pieces together to form their own story. In fact, in an interview conducted later in his life, Mark Davis had the following to say. My point of view on all these attractions is that they are a series of experiences. You aren't telling a story in the Haunted Mansion any more than you are trying to tell a story in Pirates of the Caribbean. You're showing some pirates in a lot of interesting situations, but you don't really have a beginning or an ending. They're a series of situations, not a story. End quote. So perhaps there's no singular story to the Haunted Mansion after all. Instead, the guests are part of the story, 
experiencing a series of ghostly situations that put them at the forefront of their own narrative. Perhaps this is why the attraction, one based primarily on relatively simple special effects and gags that have remained mostly intact for the past five decades, has remained such an alluring and beloved part of Disneyland's history. After 50 years, the Haunted Mansion continues to be as popular as ever, perhaps because it is the type of Disney magic that is truly eternal. There's no place like Disneyland, and around every corner of the park is some hidden history waiting to be discovered. I hope you'll join me next time for another adventure into the vibrant history of the Magic Kingdom. I'd love to hear from you. You can write to Discoveryland by emailing discoverylandshow at yahoo.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at discoverylandshow and on Twitter at discoverylandvc. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Disneyland has now ended its normal operating day. We hope you've enjoyed your visit to the Magic Kingdom and that you'll be back with us again soon.